I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden buzz in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because it's suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with a dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day, Andrew Daddo is my name, and this is Golf. Great to have your company, and geez, what a podcast today. Um, three very different and distinct parts, three very different stories. Um, we'll start with Matt Barrett, who is the pro at Bathurst Golf Club. Now, Bathurst, obviously, uh, world famous for the car race, but their golf course is something else. And Matt's got a really interesting slant on the game with some lovely lessons and tips for you as well. So you'll enjoy Matt. Then we go to the fly. I don't know what his real name is. I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. Um, But he's a bookie from the olden days. And boy, has he got a story to tell about the Lavender Hill mob and Kerry Packer and gambling and handicaps. And it's probably good I don't know his real name. It's probably better you don't know his real name. And then uh, we're going to talk about big dog golf. We gave away some of Mark Calder's head covers a few weeks ago, and we'll do it again. Um, but it was nice to just sort of catch up and talk to him about what he does and how he does it and why he does it. So, as I say, a podcast in three very distinct parts. But let's start in Bathurst with the one and only Mr. Matt Barrett. Well, this is pretty great. I played Bathurst Golf Club in regional New South Wales yesterday, nine holes. I think the best screens... I've played this year in the great state of New South Wales. The professional is Matt Barrett, who has a list of greatness attached to him, not the least of which is the New South Wales Club Pro of the Year in 2019. The course was the Country Club of the Year in 2018-19. He was the Queensland Coach of the Year. Um, And it's a pleasure to sit down and chat. How are you, Matt? G'day, Andrew. Um, So how's club pro life in the country sort of as we emerge from COVID? Ah, so it's been a wild ride, COVID, for golf in Bathurst and I guess all over Australia from what I've, uh, what I've seen, but it's been a wild ride here, but it's just wonderful being a country pro 
uh, in a regional area, it's fantastic. It's you, you're sort of Mr. Golf of the town. Yeah. You know, you bump into people <laughs> at the supermarket, the yeah. pub, and everyone wants to talk to you about golf. And you're the golfer. You're, oh, you're the golfer up the club. So it's really good. I have a beer with people and talk about you know everything to do with golf. So I'm it. Uh, if someone wants to come and see me, it's like there's only you know I'm the only golf professional in town. I do have guys underneath me that work for me who are also professional, but. Um, it's yeah, it's great being like that. So you were you were Queensland Coach of the Year, albeit you know two thousand five. Um, is it the is is teaching golf the same everywhere? So I mean, I'm assuming you were a city pro as well as being a country pro. Is it the same everywhere? It is the same everywhere. I've had the opportunity to teach in. in I, I did some teaching up in Queensland. I did some teaching in Hong Kong. I lived in Hong Kong. Uh, lived in Sydney. Uh, travelled around Australia, and uh, the teaching is very similar. However, uh, when I was teaching overseas, people learnt a little differently overseas. Uh, in Hong Kong, everyone was very academic, so they wanted to know the book. They wanted to start from Chapter 1, and I guess you do that with the game of golf in terms of coaching, but they weren't very sport-minded, so... Um, we had to teach them very simply, very easily. And is this for people when they first start out with a game? Correct. For beginners, yes. Uh, they wanted to know the game methodically. But out here in the country, you're teaching, uh, an example, Jim that plays football in the off-season mm. and, and cricket in the, and, and he's just a brilliant sportsman. So you can really accelerate, tell them very simply what they've got to do and away they go. So and that, that, take, take this at face value. Is there a more agricultural approach to the game? like more relaxed and there is yeah I, I try and talk to people how maybe they uh do their daily activities for instance um it, it's so wonderful teaching i can have a an engineer a local council engineer come up for a lesson and I might, he might want to know about angles and degrees and and really? then and then i'll have a a, a concreter and I might just say, mate, you just got to freaking do this. You know what I mean? So I'll tell it a way that suits him. So what I find is you try and connect to the, try and connect to the person that you can. Yeah. Okay. So, like, is there a basic is there a basic thing in the game of golf that everyone needs to to know? Is is it the swing? Is it the path? Is it the angle? Is it the I, I, I was fortunate to, to, to do my traineeship in the 90s and, and I still remember, and a lot of the guys probably when they hear this podcast might remember that Dr Gary Wyron's uh, Book of Golf. It was a really big, thick encyclopedia that was thrown at us all trainees and, and said, right, read this from Chapter 1 to Chapter 45 or something, whatever it was. But it was an amazing book that, that, that taught about the fundamentals and I really what the biggest thing I got out of that book was teach everyone the basic fundamentals which is correct grip correct stance correct aim correct posture uh, all the things you do before you swing and uh, and then you add your flair as your coach after that and you go out and and find teaching aids and and ways to teach and ways to swing but when you get back to that core i think every day i'm fixing people's grips the grip is my OCD. I'm OCD with this. And I, people, I've never seen a great golfer with a bad grip. Right. You've got to have a good grip. So, so can you talk me through the grip then? Talk you through the grip. Well, yeah, because it's a, it's a, we're a talking, we're a talking podcast, not a visual podcast. You are. You are. Great. Yeah. Well, okay. So, no so, pictures on this show. No, yeah. exactly. Well, look, I've been, I've been lucky to talk to lots of different people and different people have, you know, someone will say the grip, grip schmip, you know, like if it, this works. 
So, or, or alternatively, I mean, usually it's the, the grip is the grip is the gold. So, it is for me. I just I just love to see a person hanging on to the club in a really nice position with their hands in a great position, and then from there, it just feels like that's the the tyres to the car. You know, we can't drive anywhere, we can't get anywhere without those tyres to the car. So. Uh, the grip is where I start, and then we can drive that car from there. So, in terms of positioning, you know, it, it, it slightly changes for the person. For ladies and juniors and people that aren't as strong, I may give them a, a grip that has a few more knuckles on the left side, and the right hand might be a little bit more under as well to help them get that club face closing a little bit earlier and get that ball going down the middle. Then you go to the stronger guy that hits at miles and he's really strong. You know, I just. I make sure that maybe they've got a grip that's a little bit more neutral, that he can keep that club face at the target at impact. So in terms of grip, it, it depends on the individual, but it always has to look sensational when they're down <laughs> holding that golf glove. Richard Mercer, he was the one, and he was saying, it's a, look, you've just if you can't see three knuckles, you're kidding yourself, So, which is interesting. And then I've got a friend who... And so that is now deep in his head, and he's just got to single figures for the first time with the three with the three knuckles on the grip. So are you of that persuasion? It sort of sounds like yeah, definitely. I've got two pictures um, down at my coaching studio. One is of Tiger Woods's grip, and his is a little strong when he grew up as a youngster. And I've also got a pencil illustration that's forty years old of another grip, and both of them have. Tiger's got two knuckles, the other one's got three knuckles. Okay. So I love with technology now, I can take a photo of people's grips, then walk them over to the wall, put the, blow the photo up, put it right next to those two grips, right in the middle of them, and say, look at your grip. And I don't really have to talk about anything. I just say, what do you see in your grip that isn't quite like theirs? You know? And uh, people visually see that and go, oh, my knuckle, I haven't got enough knuckles around, I haven't got my left hand around enough, and so forth. So a lot of visual stuff, yeah. Okay. Has the game of golf changed much in your in your time? I mean, you've been at it for a while now and obviously very successful. Um, I've had a lot of fun. Golf's been fantastic. I've met so many great people in golf and uh, I've travelled overseas and uh, in Australia and uh, done a little bit of playing but mostly worked in golf clubs and uh, coaching driving ranges and academies and, and it's been a fantastic experience and a fantastic life experience. Um, the game is changing and, and I'm trying to push it to change fast. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you want it to change? I want it to be more fun. That is the number one thing that I try and drum into my guys that work for me here and, and the board and the club here. We try and make golf as much fun as we can here at, at Bathurst Golf Club. Um, you know, just trying to think outside the box with competitions. We try and reinvigorate old competitions into new ways. We have nine-hole social comps, nine-hole business groups, nine-hole twilights, six-hole. We have a six-hole uh, chook run that just started again and we've reinvigorated it. We've got the local IGA sponsoring it and you now win a cook chook. You win a, it, you know, you can take right. home a cook chook to the <laughs> wife and it's only six holes, takes you an hour and a half, bang, you're done. And yeah. people are saying, this is great, I can still get a bit of golf in, play a bit of competition. We still have our, you know, our normal competitions, we still have our social golf uh, it's very popular as well. And, you know, we, Friday afternoons, the tradies play in big groups, you know, 8, 10, 12. People go, oh, my God, you don't play. Oh, at once, in one group? In one group. So we had, on last Friday, we, had a, we, had, a, we had a group of 16 and I think a group of 12. However, they let everyone through. No one was held up. 
they played together, they all went in, they all come into the clubhouse, they had a great time, they all had a few drinks and meals after. Everyone's a winner. I'm a winner, the club's a winner, they've all enjoyed their golf. Yeah. They bring along their friends from town that haven't played much, they come along and have a game with us. All of a sudden they get hooked. They have a rubber snake, whoever has a three-part, whoever yeah, yeah, holds, yeah. you know, he yeah, has to yeah. shout the bar and it's like 16 beers he has to buy. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So that's actually quite a unique idea of having, of, of actually allowing big groups on We've just moved, by the way. So the, the what, what what is it? The it's like a bridge club or something. Yeah, Tuesday we have ladies' day on Tuesday, and it's it's a really nice thing. A lot of the older ladies that can't play anymore, they still come up for presentation and drinks and coffee, and they all play cards after golf. They have the best life, the ladies here. Yeah, I wish I could do that sort of golf in the morning, bridge and euchre in the afternoon. I'd probably have a few beers with it, but uh, they have coffee and share ideas and scones and. It's a really nice day for the ladies. And I tell you, a lot of them are in their 90s. Mm. It's incredible. They, they keep coming here to socialise and, and it's, uh, it's a nice thing. Um, yeah, it is nice and it's good to see them, you know, and the club actually being used, you, you know, full time. So th- this idea, did that happen by accident of letting the really big clubs, big, big groups come through? Did it just sort of grow from or did you actively seek to do that? I, I actively seek to do that and my board's been fantastic here at Bathurst. They've said, Matt you know, you, you do what you've got to do to make this place busy. And I said, can I? I said, great, mm-hmm. let me go. I've got some... I just felt this, you've got to play in fours and you can't do this. You've got to let... You know, I just felt that it, we've, we've got to branch out a little bit with that. Yes, I agree with traditional golf, competition golf. Yes, we can't be doing anything like that. But um, the, the think outside the box days, if you know what I mean, the social days. You know, you know Friday afternoon is now... A, you know, it's called Friday Floggers. The guys come up and, and you should see that the tradies come from everywhere. They all work their, their, their tail off on Fridays to work through smoko, to work through lunch, to all get here at 2, 3 o'clock yeah. and all go out and have a wonderful afternoon on the golf course. And uh, the place is full. It's pumping on Friday, so it's great, yeah. When I love that idea of the big group. And actually, I love the idea of it being a knockout and the worst one goes. Is that how they do it? So they end up with two blokes for the... Uh, we do do that, yeah. We have a thing. Uh, that's another event called the Top Gun. Uh, same thing. We have, <laughs> we have a Top Gun. Yeah, we have uh, a guys that, um, you know, it's the last man standing. He's, the, he's on the last hole and he's the winner. So that's, that's another event. We're just always trying to think of events. What can we do? Yeah, look at cricket. You know, it's gone back to 2020. Look at league, you've got nines and sevens and union and stuff like that. And those short forms, IPL, 2020 cricket, you know, we've got to try and think of ways we can play this game quicker, faster, friendlier, and people go, wow, that was a lot of fun. You know, just that experience to enjoy it as much as you can. Okay, the course is really, I mean, I I wasn't, um, well, I was absolutely serious about the greens. They're just, they're just very fast. They're very fast. They're very true. And it's the start of June. So there's the die-off in the fairways with the cooch, you know, but there's still a good good thatch on those. But the greens are really terrific. So the course is in great shape. course is in great shape. We've been fortunate to... Um to have some help with bores. We, we got some funding from the state government. We put down some bores uh, over five, six years ago. We found a lot of water and the combination of that and the town water that we purchased, we've really put a lot of uh, water on the golf course. Our greenkeeper's been here for a lot of years and does a fantastic job. All the members love 
the Greens like Royal Melbourne here and so do I and I did my apprenticeship at Monash Country Club yeah. on the Northern Beaches. And so Monash is famously, every time you play at Monash, they go, sorry, the Greens are so slow. And you sit there going, what are you talking about? And that, that's what it felt like yesterday on the practice thing. I just went, what? Yeah, it's something when I came here, you know, I wanted, the, I wanted that to continue. I just think fast, hard Greens are so much fun. You know, Royal Melbourne is one reason it's Royal Melbourne is because of the Greens. Yeah. Augusta because of the Greens, you know, and it's just lovely to put a ball online, pick a line, put it online, and it goes in because you chose it and you hit on that right line. Not be influenced by bumps. And we don't get a lot of rainfall out here, so I do notice when I play on the coast, uh, the high rainfall, the Greens get a bit boggy. Out here we get frost, mate. We, get, we, we can't cut the Greens in the on the winter mornings because the, the, the mower just picks up ice. Yeah. So we don't even cut them in winter, but uh, they dry out pretty quick and the greens are really fast and the greenkeeper does a great job. Okay. You've got a good junior program here that's been um, well awarded in the past. Uh, what, what are your juniors like? Are you, you know, you're secretly holding the next big thing in Australian golf? Like, and and do you, are you looking for that? Um, I, I, I'm not really looking for that. I just remember when I was a kid growing up, we just all went to the golf club. We hung out at the golf club. We putted on the putting green for a Mars bar until the lights went off, you know, and I just just want that to continue in the game of golf as I want kids to come up. I'll take them onto the putting green and still play them for a Mars bar, you know, the old broken-down lefty pros putting on the green for a Mars bar. But um, I remember when we were kids, we used to have a world title putting belt. It was only an old belt, but yeah. we used to all challenge each other. One guy was the world title holder, and he would pick and choose who he wanted to play on the green for a punning call. So like the wrestling. Yeah. Just like the wrestling. Exactly. Is his name Mario Milano? <laughs> yeah. Conor Killer Cal Krupp. Conor McGregor. Yeah, that's it. So we do the same here. You know, come on, let's go. Who's going who's gonna to beat me? Who's going to beat me? So it's just um, challenging the kids, playing golf for them. Uh, we, we do. We go out to the schools. We get the schools to come to our driving range. We just do everything we can to give golf an opportunity one thing that the club's been very good to me is is letting golf be free we you know i have afl and rugby league come here with their development offices and their millions of dollars of backing golf doesn't have that we don't have that backing so the only thing we can do is give everything away for free so literally our membership here for kids is for free our junior our junior coaching is is substantially um you know, it's re- reduced in price so the kids can, can learn for nothing. You know, we have this $100 state government voucher now that's yeah. been given out for sport. They get 12 months membership here for that. They get 12 golf lessons. They get a golf shirt. For 100 bucks. For 100 bucks. It doesn't cost the parent anything. Yeah, yeah. So they get everything for 100 bucks, which is, doesn't cost the parent if they get the voucher. So all of a sudden they're in. So it's great. It's that old thing we're trying to do with reading as well as like get the drug in early, get them hooked, and then, you know, hope, hope they can hang on. Yeah, so true, mate. Yeah, same with golf. I want, to, want them to fall in love with the game. And that's if we can make it as fun, even for adults, make them fall in love with the game. Yeah. And if they do that, you've got them for life. And when I look at a member that comes from Friday Floggers, he joined the Friday Floggers one afternoon, he said, this is really good fun. And then he stays a member for 15, 20 years. What's that worth? That's worth a lot of, a lot of things for a lot of people. So is it, too, is it ever too late to, to start? I mean, I know there's lots of older guys and, and ladies who are, you know, well, it's, I've missed that boat. I've, you know, I could never. Do you, do you think, you know, you can start in your 50s and 60s? Absolutely. I've still got a lot of people retiring 
uh, they're just starting to retire and they're coming in and saying, right, I want to start learning golf. I wish I'd learned earlier, but no, you never... I still remember teaching a lady in Queensland in Brisbane. She was a beautiful old lady and she was in her 80s. And uh, she had two false hips, two, two artificial hips, two artificial knees. And I'll never forget, she walked into the driving range at Capaddle Bar in Brisbane and said, I would like to learn golf. And I, and I looked at her and she had that sparkle in her eye and I said, let's do this, like right. the Nike thing. I said, let's do this. So uh, just do it, you say. So away we went and I taught her to go, play golf and she had a few nine holes uh, at uh, a club near there. I can't remember the name now, sorry. But uh, she did start playing. and It, was, it, it great, gave me a great feeling. And she really thanked me as well because it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that she started playing sport. It was the fact that she started meeting new people. And she loved that, that yeah. socialisation like today with the ladies. She got to meet new people and play a little bit, a little bit of exercise, walk up a hill, walk down a hill, hit a couple of balls along the ground. Uh, but she still had a great time. <laughs> is, there, is there anyone who's un, who, you know, you just, you'd go, look, just join, 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 mate, lady, join the social club because seriously, this is not. I, I think I've only had it once in my life and that was, I was teaching in Hong Kong uh, I still remember the lady, she, they, they have not much sporting coordination up there, but she, she couldn't hit the ball. She just couldn't do it. I thought something was wrong. I thought she was drunk or she was having a stroke or something. She wasn't. She was okay. But I said, we actually dropped the club. I said, look, let's just throw the ball with our arm out onto the oval. I said, just, just toss it. Here I go. Watch. Just a little toss of the ball tossed the ball. I said, can you do that? I gave it to her and she tossed it backwards. <laughs> I said, I think, I think we're done today. Thank you very much. <laughs> You've reached your quota. And that was the only person that tossing the ball backwards. I thought, wow, we haven't even got a golf club in our hands. So uh, maybe that's the only one I gave up on. The only one. So I'm talking to Matt Barrett, who's the head pro at Bathurst Golf Club, um, which is three hours from... Sydney uh, and beautiful, beautiful today. Fresh, very fresh in the mornings. <laughs> and I understand the rain, the snow's coming. Um, listen, just to, to finish, you you clearly have um, kept your your love for the game. What what is it about golf that you that really lights you up and that continues to light you up? Yeah, great question. Um, I I think I've just loved it all my life. It's a great sport. And the people I've met and continue meeting, and I've met you today, mate, and that's fantastic. I can't wait to have a game with you. And I just love the the fact that you can travel, and I love travelling and playing different courses and and having dinner with friends and, and playing, you know, travelling around and watching members here. Just, you know, to me, they've dro- driven through the gate of our club. They may be getting away from a shit week or a shit boss or a a partner that's, you know, yelling at them or something like that, or they just want a bit of time to themselves. And uh, when they come here, the last thing they want is a a cranky old pro in the pro shop. So we try and lighten them up, you know, and say, hey, you're here to have fun. You go and have fun. And and we really get a kick out of that, really get a kick out of seeing people enjoy themselves. Okay, and you refer to yourself as a, you know, batty old left-hander. I think it was batty, but, you know, like a... So how's your game? Horrible. Is it, is it? So I find that amazing. Like, if you can teach other people to be, to be there as good as they can be, what's stopping, what's stopping you? I guess that I haven't 
because I've had a family and I've got you know a, a beautiful daughter and a lovely wife and 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 I've moved to town. I wanted to meet a lot of more people and made a lot more friends. I just haven't had time to work on my game, mm. and I just want to work on everyone else's game. I get such a kick out of seeing someone win their first monthly medal. Uh, someone dropped from 45 to 40, one of the ladies, you know, break the 40 barrier. She's in the 39 <laughs> handicap. Yeah. She's so excited. And, and they they really give me a kick. Or see one of the juniors get down to scratch or all those things are, are fantastic. I just love helping people improve their golf and I get a real buzz out of that. It's a bit like a, a, a drug. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so back to back to your game. Oh. What's falling... Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, like you're obviously a very, very... You're a professional golfer. Yeah. So what's wrong with your game? Oh, my, the, what's wrong with my game? And, and I have a little bit of a... I don't want to admit it, but something's not quite right with my chipping, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say, I, cho- I, cho- I, cho- yeah, yeah, no, there's something not quite with my... I won't mention the word, but it starts with why. But uh, I have seen some of my professional mates swap over, you know, Brett Ogle, chip the op- opposite hand, and I just just have a little issue with chipping. And, uh, <laughs> we, you know, I just haven't had a chance to work on it as much as I'd like. And the members have great... They have a great laugh at seeing me behind a bunker trying to chip over to a tight pin. Yeah. They gather around. It's like the US Open. <laughs> Let's gather around and watch this guy stuff this up. So that's become a bit of a laugh. But we, you know, I play the guys for some money and, you know, play for 20 bucks or something like that. So I can still take that money off them. So, so the more that they gather around and the more it becomes a joke, does it, does the, does it cement itself more in your psyche as an issue? Yeah, yeah, it's part of my to-do list, must work on my chipping. But mm. for some reason that gets pushed down the list because I have to mow the lawn or fix up the guttering or take my daughter to, to netball or help the club out or, you know, um, for instance, we have night golf starting up in two weeks. So we're busily trying to work on a night golf. You know, we're having a six-hole night golf winter festival. Right. So uh, there's so much to do. Yeah. I just don't have a time to work on my game. Okay, so if someone... if If, if you... If you did have the time, mm-hmm. where would you start? I'm sort of trying to get a, a radio lesson for any for whatever the problem is. So, like, if it, it doesn't have to be chipping, it doesn't have to be putting or, you know, hooking the ball. But if you've got a problem that's sort of eating away at you, mm-hmm. where should someone start? Uh, I'm a big believer in stats. So, if uh, if I had the chance, if somehow if I won lotto uh, and I had the opportunity to work on my game and maybe have a bit more of a go of professional golf again I'm getting close to the senior days so mm. I might try and work on my game I would probably for a month or two start writing down all my stats how many fairways I hit how many greens I hit in regulation how many chips up and down attempts I have how many do I successfully get up and down how many putts do I have and get a, a five or ten round analysis of that and then work on the weakest area and I would go straight to that area and I would say, right, my chipping is the worst area of my game. Based on what handicap I'm off, I should be chipping at this area. OK, let's go and work on my chipping. So I remember Norman, you know, used to break down his game into about 12 departments. I'm still not sure how many departments there was, but he used to honestly rate them from 1 to 10, those 12 departments. And then he would, whichever was the lowest rating, that's the one he'd go and work on first. Right. 
So he'd leave his strengths there and obviously work on his weaknesses. Yeah, right. Terrific advice. Terrific. Well, listen, great to meet you. Thanks for your time today. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And as I say, I, I loved playing and I would love to come back in the you know summertime and see it in its full, very green glory. Well, I'll tell you a great little trip out here for yourself and anyone that wanted to come out is uh, Orange and Bathurst. We have two of the best golf courses out here, uh, Wentworth and well as Orange, but the three courses, we have so many people come here and play Bathurst and Orange and... I hope some people could come out and I'd certainly look after them. Good on you, Matt. Matt Barrett, professional at uh, Bathurst Golf Club. From Bathurst to the fly, I really genuinely don't know this gentleman's name, but he is an associate of John Evans. Now, we had John Evans on the podcast a little while ago. Incredibly popular um, and a really good storyteller. Well, this is one of his mates, one of his golfing mates. Uh, it's from a while ago. Uh, the story is laced with history. As I say, Kerry Packer, the Lavender Hill mob, gambling, handicapping. Oh, you'll love it. This is The Fly. Nineteen sixty nine. I used to go to Bruce Green at Riversdale for lessons, golf lessons. and So this is the Bruce Green who went on to Peninsula and then went to Royal Melbourne? Correct. And this day, Bruce couldn't play. But he said, look, I've got this young assistant, John Evans, which will, who will play with you. So we played against these two guys at Riversdale for $500. This is 1969. And Hang on, so can I just so you, but you're not a you're not a golf pro? No, I'm not a golf pro. Right, you, so at this stage you're a I was an amateur, uh, playing off a handicap of ten, and John Evans was playing off scratch. Okay. So your handicap and what, what did you do at the time? What was your job? I was a bookmaker. Right, okay. So you was <laughs> <laughs> So your handicap of ten, was it a handicap of ten? Correct. Yes. No, no, but was it a handicap of ten? Not exactly. (laughs) But anyway, John has shot uh, 70 and I shot 72 and we got the cash. Then John heard of a challenge in Sydney that Tom Ramsey and John Rogan would play anybody for $10,000. So Tom Ramsey, the famous Tom Ramsey. Yes, and John Rogan was... uh, a bookmaker and a partner of Kerry Packers. Right. Okay. So, what did he? What did Rogan play off? Uh, he was off sixteen. Yeah. So, was his sixteen a real sixteen? No, about twelve. Okay. So there you are. The two of you are ticket. It's fine. So it's everything is evened out. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, John suggested that we fly to Sydney and we play with the Lavender Hill Mob. And they they used to play at New South Wales. So we arrived out there introduced ourselves and thought we were going to bet $1,000. whatever. 1960 what? 1969. Yeah. And Mel Watson, who was a member of the Australian and a member of the Australian, captain of the Australian chess club, he, they called him the Fuhrer, multi, because he was a multi but could play. Right. And he just said, when we said, well, there's 20 players here, 
we'll bet everybody $500. And he said, well, what you will be doing, son, you will be betting $20. So we bet $20. Hang on, I don't understand. So normally you would just play another group, another pair for 500 but now you're playing the whole field. Well, we, we were prepared to bet the whole field. OK. But Malty, being suspicious, just said, you can bet $20. So we did. So then we go home, tail between our legs. We we both played pretty badly, did our cash. Flew back the next week, same deal, $20. Flew back the next week, same deal. And then when they got our money and they thought, well, you guys, you are a couple of pickles, we just... Uh, so we came back the next day and... We accepted a challenge from Jack McCarthy, who was New South Wales amateur champion and virtually um, Kerry Packer's best mate. Yeah. And the scratch marker out at club champion at New South Wales, they agreed to play us for $1,000. So the the New South Wales amateur champion and the scratch champion at New South Wales for a grand. Yeah. You're playing off 12... Ten. Ten. Yeah, and John was playing off scratch. Okay. But they said to John, look, I think we should put you off two. Oh, right. <laughs> so, now, hang on, so just, yeah, okay, go on. So we we get up and we play and I wanted to up the stakes and I said, well, why don't we play a 1,000, 1,000, 2,000 and automatic press at the turn. So... They agree to that. So we play and it all gets down to the last hole and we're all square. And John is, for two, he's 25 feet above the hole. Puts it down, lips the hole, spins out about eight feet. I'm on for three. I've got a putt right to left with about six inches of borrow, it lips out. Mike Hammond is in a bunker and he's playing terrible. But he comes out of the bunker to a foot, holds it for birdie, and they finish with our money. So you lost? We lost, yes. I thought this was going to be one of the stories where you... Quite disappointing. Oh, and what happened from there? Uh, from there, we could bet whatever we liked. And we played 19 money games and John shot under par 12 times. Wow. And we finished with a hatful. <laughs> <laughs> and so so the Lavender Hill mob, who, that was that was Kerry, wasn't it? That was Packer and... Uh, so did he, you have anything to do with him? A lot. Um, so what was Packer like to play golf with? Fantastic. He could hit it a mile. Yeah. Uh, Norman von Nieder coached him to win the Sydney Cup playing off a handicap of two. Yeah. And could play and hit it long. I was with him um, with when he was playing with Jack Nicholas when he was altering the course and he could knock it up with Nicholas. He hit it as far. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, he was... He was lots of fun to play with, but he would always try and make you bet bigger than what you wanted to bet. Yeah. 
that you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And so what's this in your mind? What's this as an, as an amateur golfer who's played with the big boys? So, and they are literally the big boys. What's, this, what's your secret to match play? I think putting, uh, I couldn't really hit it that far, but my short game was pretty good. Yeah. I used to, if you freeze the stomach muscles, all of a sudden it freezes the muscles up here and you can't think of anything else in your, in your head. And then all you do is what you've practised a thousand times. There's only two things can happen. One, it's going to go in. Two, it's going to miss. So you just got to put the best stroke on it possible. Yeah. And virtually you can only get seven out of ten. So the tip is to, to tense your stomach muscles as tight as you can tense them. Yes. And you'll find when you do that, it just... You can't think of anything else in your, in your head. And it stops you moving your head. That could be the greatest tip of all time. Fly, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> so to our final act on today's podcast, and that is Mark Calder. Mark is the uh, the brains and the guts behind... Um, Big Dog Golf, Big Dog Golf Company in their beautiful um, bespoke head covers. And we started with, how did you get started? Seemed like the logical place to begin. This is Mark Calder. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, went and met this this old guy out the back of his shed and up, up in Epping and um, went through some samples and got some off him and, yeah, just cut up some designs and sort of played around with them and they're all pretty crappy, to be honest. <laughs> and the sewing, was, the sewing was even worse. When I, actually, I actually brought a, um, I brought a sewing machine off Gumtree and, um, uh, yeah, ne- never sewn anything in my life before and, uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> so do you still have any of those, um, of those first head covers? Yeah, yeah, I've got the original one. And yeah, do you yeah. use it? So, do I use it? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, probably not. Probably, <laughs> I do have I do have another one that I, had, I initially had made by um, once I come up with a better design, I um, I got a little uh, lovely old Italian lady around the corner from where I was living at the time to um, to make some for me. Oh, she made one. Sorry, and um, 
yeah, I've still got that. So that's that's probably the only original one that's worthy of uh, going in the bag. <laughs> so, see, I'm interested to know that you didn't sort of go like I've got, I've got a couple of um, friends, and so when they want yep. leather, yep. when it's chuck out, right? Yeah. People just chuck out leather couches and chairs and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they hit them up with a Stanley knife. Yeah. <laughs> and they take slabs of leather. Yeah, right. And build their own. And like I've done it, I'm showing you one now via this, and we're on Zoom by the, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, nice. And it's yeah. not nice. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's better than what I first produced. And, but you see, what it is when I made it, right? So I just basically, and I didn't actually understand that the, you know, where the sewing, the right sewing bits had to be, and the distance. Yeah, of, yeah. So it was yeah. too small, so I had to put an insert in the back of it because <laughs> yeah, nice. I couldn't get the thing to go over the <laughs> over the head. You've, but you've done well. it's so kooky. I actually really quite like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. So is that sort of where you started? Look, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. It's like having an ugly yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was sort of, I initially years and years ago, maybe six years ago, I, um, I had an idea for an, a novelty head cover, um, uh, like a big dog novelty head cover. And um, yeah, sort of, ex- that's, that's not my style, but um, I just thought the, the idea was pretty cool. Um, but I couldn't find anyone to make it the way I wanted it made. And uh, so eventually sort of put things on the back burner and then, and then um, yeah, that's when I, I got into the leather ones a couple okay, of years later. Yeah. Um, if you, if you, you're not a seam, I was going to say seamstress, but. No, <laughs> you're a bloke. So, um, but you're not a. You're, I'm, a la- I'm a land. I'm a landscaper by trade. So. All right, so you're a landscaper. Um, all right, but do you do like? Do you, are you like a bes- Are you one of those bes- sort of bespoke sort of people? Like you've got to no. have, you know, your car's got to have a certain way about it. Your tools have got to have a certain way about it, and so your clubs uh, are the same. Yeah, I, I guess so. I'm a bit of a, a bit of a clean freak, and um, pretty organised, and uh, just like things nice and neat and clean, and. Uh, yeah, maybe that's that's where it stems from. But um, yeah, also like good design and, and and things like that too. So yeah. All right. So what's the secret if someone wanted to make their own head cover? Yep. How would they? And at home, like you know, I'm yep. guessing everyone's got a mum or a partner or something with a sewing machine. How yep. how feasible is it? Um. Yeah, you could uh, definitely do it if you get your mum or partner that owns a sewing machine, machine to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't recommend trying it yourself, but um, it can be done. It's um, we uh, we initially uh, when we uh, when we put them together, um, the guys that make them for me, they um, we went through a lot of trial trial and error, and uh, yeah, so to get a really good quality one is um, it's hard work, but uh, yeah, you could. Uh, definitely come up with something like yours and 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 what i first produced if you wanted yeah i can but, uh, hear yeah. so i know you're laughing i feel like you're laughing at me which no, is no, fine no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. As, I, as i said yours is better than mine yeah well look it's good fun so with um, your with the big 
dog golf company. Um, yeah. And I do remember years, like literally in the eighties, we lived in America and I know big dog golf yeah. was a thing then. And obviously oh, that's, okay. yeah. I don't, yeah. that must, that can't be a thing anymore. I'm guessing not. No, so yeah, we've actually uh, registered the trademark for it. So okay. um, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming they're not around anymore. But. Okay. Well, how far are you, how far do you want to take it? I know you've got the, uh, the head covers, you're doing hats. I'm assuming yeah. the t-shirt uh, line's coming. Yeah. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Yep. We've, um, so we do, we can do custom ones if, if people fail at, uh, at doing their own. We've, uh, we've done quite a few guys of, or for example, one guy's, he must've hunted a springbok himself and, um, he sent in the hide for that and we made a driver and three wood out of a, out of a springbok hide. And, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're starting to do some things for golf clubs now. So more okay. on the uh, co- on the corporate side, so bulk production. Um, so you did some for heritage. No, uh, where did you do them for? Uh, cathedral. Cathedral. Some for cathedral, which um, has to be one of the three most exclusive courses in the country. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, and we've we've also done some for Royal Melbourne. Um, yeah, we've done them for an event they just had on. Um, we're doing valuables pouches now, which we've done for cathedral. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, we'll just see where it goes. We, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Not uh, not here to take over the world, but um, we just want Come to on, make Come good on, quality mate. covers. Just take over the world. <laughs> All right. we do, yeah, fine. <laughs> All right, well, good on you, Mark. I mean, they're, they're terrific. They're beautiful. And it is yeah, like, just you. one of those, Cheers. like, nice bespoke sort of things where, you know, you yeah. get a bag and if you're having a crap day, at least you've got something nice to look at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is uh, more... more um, more usual than not. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 